Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Anderson on that far touchline. Anderson then just stands it up across, but not much power in it. Comes to Nasri Rice! First senior goal for West Ham United for Declan Rice! Salah steps up, left foot in and scores emphatically. The goalkeeper went the right way, but there was too much power in the penalty. Ball down the left-hand side of the area. Sane's ball in, and it's slid into the net by Gabriel Jesus. Pogba with a, a raking ball forward. It's a good one as well for Rashford. It will get through it first. Oh, finds the finish! Wonderful goal from Marcus Rashford. And in the last minute of the first half, it is Manchester United that lead on Wembley. He took it beautifully. The ball from Pogba picked it out and Rashford did the rest. It's the Premier League preview show for week 23 of the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Rennie and coming up on the show. The title race is good, yeah, but have you tried the race for fourth? Manchester United have just scared the life out of Arsenal and Chelsea with their winning form. The London rivals meet this weekend. The race for fourth is good, yeah, but have you tried the fight for seventh? Watford are there now, but Leicester, West Ham, Everton, Wolves and Bournemouth all fancy it. The battle for seventh is good, yeah? But have you tried the relegation battle? Huddersfield look gone, but Fulham, Newcastle, Cardiff, Southampton and a few others aren't safe yet. You like preview shows? This is the best one. Let's look ahead to this weekend and let's say hello to our panel. We start with the corduroy-shirted football editor of Talk Sports, various brands. It's our pal, David Walker. You all right, mate? Yeah, very good. You? I'm doing very, very well. I'm really looking forward to this show because um, West Ham have got 31 points now, so that's safety. That's mm. good. And now this season is all about me versus you for seventh. I know. That's exciting, isn't Heads it? It's ahead. We need to put something on this. I don't know what yet. I know you don't like to do the friendly bets that I always come up with, but I feel like a baked bean bath might be on for one of us. <laughs> I do like baked beans. Not sure we've got the budget for it. We'll see what we can do. Uh, right, we'll get into all that across the programme. Let's say hello to the rest of our panel, the professional half of the panel. And let's start with a man who watched Arsenal beaten by the Hammers last week. Did play for the Hammers for a bit, of course. Former gunner, Middlesbrough and Wolves striker as well. Jeremy Aliadieri. See, are you OK, mate? I'm good, you. Were you looking forward to coming into the show once I booked you immediately? after full time on Saturday <laughs> I was before before the game I was and then after after the, the games ended I, I was not so sure I left that <laughs> slot open specifically um, if West Ham had lost that game you wouldn't be here so you're lucky <laughs> uh, also here a former West Ham striker once of Watford 2 split loyalties between me and David Walker for David Connolly you alright mate? I'm very good you? great to have you with us as ever um, for the audience if you're listening to this programme on a radio station many of you are you can download an extended podcast search for TalkSport Premier League preview show on AK iTunes, Spotify, or any good podcast provider. Right, lots to get into. Season getting very interesting, as covered in that brilliantly scripted and delivered intro. Let's start with Arsenal up against Chelsea. It's Saturday, 5.30 UK time. Uh, Arsenal currently in fifth, Chelsea currently in fourth. Couple of stats for this one. Only Liverpool have kept more Premier League clean sheets than Chelsea this season. Uh, that's ten. Only Fulham have kept fewer than Arsenal. Three for the Gunners across this campaign. Uh, Got to start with the Petr Cech story. He's announced his retirement and he'll be leaving football professionally at the end of this season. I wonder whether he might be thinking about getting a start this weekend. Here's one about Bernd Leno. He's kept just one clean sheet in 15 Premier League starts. Uh, only Gavin Ward, Julian Speroni and John Ruddy for their various clubs have kept fewer in their 
first 15 starts for any team in this competition. Jeremy, let's come to you first on this. Um, Pedacek, the tributes have been pouring in. Not really from Arsenal fans, though. Uh, well, it's... Uh... I would say during his career, obviously, his, his best time was probably at Chelsea. I'm not saying that, you know, he hasn't been great for Arsenal, but, you know, winning trophies and, and being the top of his career was probably at Chelsea. So, um, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously, you know, he's had an amazing career. I'm not sure if he retires, was like, if he knew that he was going to retire at the end of the season or, or is it because of the season that, you know, he's having not really been the number one anymore that he kind of thought maybe it's, it's time for me to, you know, to just retire and, and just leave it there. Should he be number one right now? Is, is Burton Leno a problem for Arsenal? I'm not, I actually don't know, you know. At the, at the beginning of the season, you, you could see that Arsenal with Unai Emery wanted to play from the back and, and I thought that was quite hard for Petrček to, to do so because, you know, we've we've seen him... In, in difficulties on when the ball was getting back to his feet and uh, and that's why everybody were thinking oh we, we got Leno in we've got to play him you know it, it'll be better than Petrček but that stat that you just said you know mm. about the, keeping the clean sheet with, I'm, I'm just not blaming him because I think the defence got a massive part to to play in uh, in this as well but you kind of just not not sure really whoever you, you think that got that position and, and, and plays well suddenly you just you know, a few games on, you kind of think, oh, maybe we should change again. And and it's just yeah, it's just not working out. Did we get sucked into a bit of a, a false situation by the winning run, David Connolly, with that, was it 22, 23 games 22, in the end? Yeah. I mean, they beat, what, Carabag and Dog and Dug FC and Bromley Town and all these teams and, and no real big tests in there. Uh, now they're getting big tests. They lost to West Ham, thrashed by Liverpool. Are they about in the right position, Arsenal? I think they are. I mean, if you're talking about Petr Cech, I think they arguably could have done with him in this run. Now, he might not be great with his feet, I agree. Um, or of the same quality as an Edison or, to be honest, I don't think Leno is of that quality. Mm. But, you know, if you want someone to make saves, I think he's the one. You look at David De Gea this week, arguably, you know, kept Man United with their three points. I think Petr Cech could still do that. He could still have made saves. But as it turns out, I think they need a shot stopper. Um, is, yes, they're is the bigger goals. Prob- is the bigger problem, that really, though, not the players in front of the goalkeeper, yeah, of course. whoever plays? Yeah, I yeah. mean, look, the back three, whether it's, you know, Mustafi, we can we can go on. Whether, you know, actually teams suit a back three. Mm. I'm not sure that Arsenal suit a back three. I think they leave themselves a bit too open, a bit too vulnerable. But that's the way he's decided to go. Who would have thought I, Rob Holding would be such a big miss? He really is, isn't he? He was holding that team together. Uh, with the experienced guys near him, Socrates, ugh, Mustafi, ugh, he was their best player. I wonder why you're not loaning in a couple of centre-halves. They're talking about trying to get someone in to replace Meza Ozil this window. Get a big centre-half in, surely, Dave, right? Well, yeah, I mean, look, they only have to look across. I think Gary Cahill's, uh, he's available. I'm not saying he's, you know, the answer, but someone like that, I think would they would need that sort of leader. I think they need a, a, a British-type leader. I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but... Arsenal have traditionally had someone yeah. British there, and I think that might help them at the back. You know, in terms of um, just having a, a bit of a bit of steel. I'm just not sure they've got enough steel at the back. Yes, they might have a bit of flair, but I don't think they've got the steel. I'm, I'm led to believe that they're interested in Connor Cody, and I think a few other mm. clubs are are as well. Um, but we've heard Emery talk about the lack of funds that he supposedly got in the January transfer window, and actually another problem for Arsenal for a team that clearly needs to bring in players well their head of recruitment Sven Mislinstadt is, is about to leave who only joined them 15 months ago and said he was going to be at Arsenal for 15 years and he was hailed as part of this new generation of the club that will eventually sort of get rid of Arsene Wenger and manage the club properly well he's out the door because he's fallen out with Emery and the hierarchy there so the person who was supposed to be finding all the players who's found Leno and Torreira and Genduzzi and you yeah, know, his scouting method was basically who plays for Dortmund. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but he's gone. Has he been through Dortmund? Whether it's good or not, it does mean that if Arsenal did want to bring in players, if they had the money to, it's not clear what the approach is at the moment. So it's not a good situation for Arsenal, and, and also Chelsea uh, are in a similar sort of situation themselves need a bit of work in certain areas of of the team, and and they're and they're struggling as well in January. I think the irony is that the. Uh, Maslin, that if that's how you say his name, is leaving because Stan Kroenke is basically controlling the club now and is going. Well, I'm not putting any money in. We've spent all our. 
got a £67 million pound striker and a £50 million pound striker and a £30 million pound midfielder and Ozu's on three hundred and fifty grand mm. a week all of a sudden not playing. But that's all He's their... not Mike Ashley, is he? Well, no, he's not, but that's their summer budget. That's it. Done. He's saying he's not, he's not bringing anyone else in. Now, once Kroenke has got total control over the club, which he has, he doesn't have to answer to anyone. So maybe Marcelina thinks, well... What am I doing here? I'm, doing I'm, I'm only used yeah, in the summer. I'm not the used in, in January. Yeah. So, you know, if it's going to be like that moving forward, what's the point of me being at the club? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if, you, if you've got no money to spend and all, all you're able to do is bring loan players, you know, what kind of loan player can you bring to Arsenal that that going to really help the club and the team, you know, mm. turn it around? And, and the thing is with the loan players, is it, say a Higuain or whoever will come with a big hefty fee. Yeah. It will come with yeah. a 20 million fee for... Till the, what, to the end of the season or for a season and a half? I mean, they're not going to pay that. Let's move our transfers for the minute and talk about the game coming up on Saturday. 5.30 UK time, Arsenal against Chelsea. Now, in almost every game this year, it feels like there's been a lot of praise for Unai Emery changing the way the team have played mid-game. Have we now started, Jeremy, to come to the conclusion that he's getting the starting team wrong as opposed to fixing it as the game's gone on? Yes, I think so. I think that now Arsenal fan and, and a lot of people that is related to the club start thinking that actually you're obviously, you know, getting it wrong, the system and the, and obviously the, the players, the starting eleven, because changing it at half time is good, you know, once, twice, three times. But if it happens every week, then obviously there's something wrong, yeah? Um, you know, for me, the biggest problem is 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 that Ozil situation. Mm. You know, that creates such an atmosphere, you know, in the dressing room, and and between players, and and just it's just got to get sorted out. Really, I heard David Seaman on the breakfast show on Talk Sport this morning talking about that situation, and he he said the same sort of thing that if all the players know that Ozil is on so much more money than than the rest of them. And yet he's not even getting in the team, and when he does, he's not playing well. I mean, what as a player, you guys? What I mean, what are you doing, looking at that guy and thinking, well, why are you getting so much money, mate? Well, look, if you look at Chelsea, for example, their highest paid player, you know, whether it's Kante or Hazard, you know, but they always play, right? Yeah, they always play, and they've won. You know, Kante's obviously won titles, and and Hazard is the player he is. You know, they, they play. Yeah, they're pivotal for their teams to have Ozil in Turkey. On uh, you know, gone away while his team yeah. are playing. Yeah, it's. I wrong. mean, it's it's a t- once you get into that, it's. Re- is this, it's is all this a personal row? Is that what's happened here? Is, has there been something on the training pitch between these well, two look, guys? What's happened? Absolutely. When he leaves him out against Bournemouth, like, saying you know I needed something more physical or whatever, you know you can't you can't a, a player is a player, right? He's a good player. Ozil's played against physical, you know, since he was you know mm. seven years old. Physicality is something you can deal with. Doesn't matter what size or shape you are. So I'm sure he would, that was a slight on Ozil when he's saying, well, "Hang on a minute, you're coming in telling me that physically I can't handle the Premier League." Yeah, I think I think the big problem is is obviously the transition between Arsene Wenger and Unai Emery. Wenger gave him that new contract, mm. and and Emery came to the club and and expect to see everybody on the board like ready to to really work hard. You know, changed all the the, the training regime and and everything, and and he's probably not. Not that type of guy. He's mm. just like, well, I'm, I'm as it was zero. I do what I want to do. How I used to play all my career, and you know, and and it's not it's, <laughs> when I am is not having this. And fortunately, that's where I think the confrontation started. That training, and then now it's just a breaking point. I think mm. the only situation I can liken it to maybe is Pogba at, at United, where Solskjaer's come in, knows how to manage him, giving him that little bit of licence, you know, doesn't maybe want him tracking back as much, giving him a bit of freedom, whereas Ozil, obviously under Unai Emery, he's, he's not giving him that. You know, he could be their talisman, but, you know, for whatever reason, he's citing, he doesn't work hard enough. I think all oh, that's rubbish, you know, he just needs the right manager. <laughs> We're I really do. Listen, you know, at the end of the day, when you see the game again with them, you could see yeah, let's clearly... Let's bring it up again. Let's talk more about you, that. You, you could see clearly that Arsenal were lacking of, of a transition between the defence and the striker. Yeah. How many ball Aubameyang touch during the game? Because he's, he had no one to give him the ball, to give him a good service. And, and that's where Mesut Ozil is, is precious for, for Arsenal. Mm. Playing free at the back and leaving such a massive space between the two like central midfield player and, and the striker is just it's just crazy. We're painting quite a bleak picture for Arsenal here and, and, and maybe rightly so, but I know a lot of Chelsea fans as well who are not very happy with what's going on at the moment mm. at Stamford Bridge. So I mean it's rare actually that we've gone into a game between these two teams. We can think of some great battles over the years, Chelsea usually coming out on top. Um but 
it's it's a strange one this weekend. It's not it's not we're not getting two teams at the peak of their powers going into battle really, are we here at all? Well, not with Chelsea's midfield. I mean, I, I did the game for Talksport against Leicester. Don't say it. The same. Don't Kovacic, say it. Yeah, <laughs> Jorginho. There's a fine for saying it. You know that, right? Yeah, <laughs> Kante. Terrific players, right? But forget all the passes. They keep the ball for fun and don't go anywhere. Jorginho doesn't do anything, does he? No. 2,000 passes, not one assist all season. Yeah, absolutely. I could do that job. I was fantastic at a two-yard pass. No, you couldn't. I absolutely could. <laughs> you couldn't. I absolutely could. You could do that job. I you couldn't. come out of centre-half and you could do it. It's he gets it, he looks say. right. He gets it, he looks left. It's easy. It's easy. It's one of the easiest jobs in the world. There's no one around him. There's two players protecting him. He looks up, passes left, pass it right. No, the, the, the thing about... I was doing the game the weekend, the Chelsea-Newcastle game. They won you, the game. Did you play that little ball he played over the top at Watford to Hazard? No one remembers, no remembers it. No one remembers it. <laughs> <laughs> no one remembers it but that ball that David Luiz played David Luiz had more assists in the last three games than Jorginho's had all season it makes no sense to have someone in there doing almost nothing in midfield he has no influence that's on the game that's not the problem though is it the problem is they've not got a proper striker surely that's the issue Chelsea well. it is but what I would say on David Luiz and when you watch him live you actually appreciate how good he is on the ball mm. and he's so good on the ball you know why because obviously everyone just drops off and goes you know what we're going to let you have it at the back now, it might be better that <clears throat> Jorginho drops into that back line you know, and gets on the ball as opposed to trying to get it in the he middle He just passes it two yards to Luis and get him to do it. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't Might really be better work. he's not playing. <laughs> Might be better he stays on the bench and put Kante back in there and find a That's the fine. striker. That's the fine yeah. right there. Someone's brought it up. Someone's brought it up. Uh, right, quick question on transfers. Uh, Dave Walker mentioned there a second ago the striker issue. He's absolutely right. Higuain still being rumoured another week. Um... Um, Gattuso has been saying he wants to get he wants to move to England blah 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 the rumour mill continues Higuain 31 scored I think 6 goals this year is, is that the right move and Morata going potentially to Atletico Madrid well, it's like they're doing a major squad surgery mid-season they've brought Michu Bashawai back Maybe he's going to get a chance. And is he gone again? Is he going somewhere else? I think he will. I think he's uh, going to Monaco. No, yeah. he's going to Monaco. Um, might have gone to Monaco, but... Look, they need a front man desperately. Hazard doesn't want to play in that false nine. He doesn't. It doesn't suit him. He's crowded out. He needs some space out wide. They need a number nine desperately. I think it's such an interesting game for exactly the reason David Walker mentioned that you've got two teams here that might just be looking over their shoulder now at Man United, not at the peak of their powers. The title race has gone and now it's about defending United marauding up behind them. We might maybe see a bit more of a negative approach in this game from these two teams or maybe like the game earlier in the season where Arsenal missed about nine sitters back in August yeah. we might get another great entertaining match let's hope so it's 5.30 uh, on Saturday that's UK time up next let's talk about Tottenham disaster has struck Harry Kane is out that means it's over it's finished relegation to uh, hoist the cross oh, they're not really too interested in going for another Manchester United that is the full time whistle and that is six wins from six for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the first manager in Manchester United's history to be able to say that. A first significant test perhaps today against Tottenham has been overcome in some style. Let's talk Fulham up against Tottenham Hotspur. 1.30 UK time on Sunday. Fulham second bottom in the table. Spurs now third. Harry Kane is out, injured for the next couple of months with ankle ligament damage. Uh, he scored five goals in three appearances for Tottenham against Fulham in all competitions. A hat-trick in his last game at Craven Cottage. Of course, he is such a, a pivotal figure. Uh, see how shocking that was. Dave Walker dropped his pen there. He was so shocked by the Harry Kane news. Um, a bit of striker news as well about Shouldn't be Fulham. So shocked, really. It no. happens this time every year. <laughs> Same ankle injury yeah. every single year, getting slightly worse. Uh, maybe the shock as well is that Ryan Babb is back in the Premier League red hair and overweight and he's back he's been at every country that has a league over the last few years been at, in Turkey he's been at Alain he's been at Deportivo <laughs> uh, right journeyman back at Fulham is that the kind of guy they need uh, I don't know uh, let's talk Harry Kane first Jeremy yeah, let's come to you first on this as a, a striker in the Premier League of course we've got two of them but uh, you've uh, got that North London connection I want you to enjoy this because of course it's already been a struggle talking about Arsenal uh, Harry Kane out that is obviously a monumental blow Lorente does he play out front now? Wow. Um, yeah, no, massive blow. Uh, I'm not sure that Laurenti can can do even half the, half the job that uh, obviously Harry can uh, have been doing for Spurs. Um, that's probably the biggest biggest like shock of last weekend for, for Spurs people, Spurs fans. Is, is not the fact of losing against Manu, it's more losing Harry Kane yeah. and Son as well. That is going yeah, to, of course. you know... 
uh, suddenly you've just missing your two best players really and uh, and that's just going to be tough for them I think they're quite lucky playing Fulham probably at the weekend mm. and, and should not be a you know such a big game for them but yeah it's um, Looks uh, looks hard for them. They've, they've managed to cope in seasons gone by when Harry Kane has been injured with Son and with with using slightly different formation with false nines and different players have stepped up in in the goals column. But as you say, losing Son makes it even harder mm. to take this time round. They've got some big games coming up. They're already stretching other areas of the team as well. In the midfield, they've got a few players who have left and a few players that are injured. So again, it, it looks difficult for Tottenham. But they do. They are a team that seem to defy trouble when it comes along. They seem to find a way, but maybe this time it might be too much. And and, and on that front, do they have to go out and get something in yeah. the window? Just briefly on them players you mentioned, Kane, Dyer, Dembele, Lucas Moura, Wanyama, Sissoko, Hungmin, Son, all missing this weekend. Yeah, I think it's massive. I mean, Son and Kane have scored basically half their goals, so where they're going to replace them, it's going to be very difficult. You'd, you'd say Lucas Moura is the next mm. one, but he's out, obviously. I don't know where they turn to. If they turn to Lorente, then it's a different sort of game they've got to play. You've got to get the ball wide, get it into the box. He's not as mobile. No one's going to really threaten the back line. So I think Fulham might be looking at this one and thinking, you know what, this is a, an unexpected opportunity for us to maybe get something here. And for Tottenham, I think it's terrible timing. You know, But you'd say when he got injured before Kane on his ankle, he really struggled when he came back. Yeah. You know, it took him a long time. So hopefully that ankle is, is, is not going to have a similar effect because... You know, to me, it looks like they actually need someone ready to step yeah. up, like a replacement. Because mm. last time his ankle, he took months and he never looked right. Well, this is the thing. People always say, why would a top striker go to Tottenham when they've got Harry Kane and you're never going to play? Well, because this. Yeah. Because he does get injured quite a lot. Yeah. You know, and they need someone. They need someone better than Llorente to be able to step into the team. And there are players out there that they can find that can do that job, surely. Well, they got married, you know, last January. And, mm. you know, so they, so need to go, they need to go and get someone again now yeah they know. should they should do I think the, the fact that Harry Kane plays most of the game though mm. it don't give any other striker yeah. to get some time because Lorente at the end of the day he's mm. still a good striker if you play his type of football but the guy hasn't played he played 5-10 minutes 2 minutes mm. like you know how, how do we know can... if he's still a good striker well, well yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. and he got that one chance against Man United and he was obviously no, so rusty he was going to yeah. leave wasn't he really before this yeah. so you have to stay now but yeah. I mean it's, it's hard right when you haven't played to so then go go on then there's your chance and then people will say well you know he's not doing it well mm. I haven't played yeah. yeah, and that's because look even Jamie Vardy quit England because he couldn't get past Harry Kane and, yeah. and basically other forwards are, are probably looking at Spurs the same way but look now's an opportunity I think he's got to go and buy someone Daniel Levy's got to put his hand in his pocket well that's not going to happen um, <laughs> let's talk about Fulham uh, lost against Burnley last week a lot's been made of the fact that Burnley won a game without a shot on target Fulham scoring two own goals um, the back three now they've changed this around a lot he has kind of stuck with the back three Ranieri but the three of Adoy, Le Marchand and Ream with Christie and Brian dropping in to make it five I mean is that the best five they've got and, and how someone explain this to me I, I don't want to be cruel I don't like to be cruel on the show. Maybe I do, I don't know. I but, think you do, really. But, but yeah. Dennis Adoy. Now, I mentioned I could do Jorginho's job. I could do Dennis Adoy's job of being out of position, fouling people and scoring own goals. I could do that so easy. Is it because there's no one else that he can use? Or what does he like about Dennis Adoy that I'm not seeing? Someone tell me. I don't know, but I saw <laughs> I saw Dennis Adoy last season quite a lot for Fulham. And despite their late run, and you know they got they obviously got promoted... To me, he was their weakest link, even in the championship. Um, so he likes to play offside. He's not a natural defender. So when you when you don't have a natural defender, to me, you got to just keep him out wide. Play him as a fullback. You can't play him through the middle. I saw him at Everton, really poor clearances, straight to their players, which they buried. Um, he's not for me. So he needs a bit of protection. And if I was going to put him anywhere, I'd be hiding him out wide. Now, you've got the likes. Look, they spent big on Alfie Mawson. 20-odd million. Callum Chambers playing in midfield still. Callum Chambers playing as a defensive midfielder. The signs are ominous. They've conceded five more than anyone else. I mean, you can't you know, win games when you're conceding so many goals. Yeri's had a long time now to to change things around. Ten games. Ten, yeah. Ryan Babel, big fan. You like him coming in, 32, red hair. Been on the, the, the trails of, of European and wider football over the last few years? Uh, nah, not a massive fan. <laughs> nah, unfortunately, not a massive fan. And I just think when you, you know, I've played in them countries. I went to Qatar for a couple of years and it's just nowhere near. Really? Yeah, it's, the level is just, you know, 
it's nowhere near even League One, you know. So to play in the Premier League in mid-season for Fulham when they desperate need some qualities and players that are ready to perform straight away, I think it's uh, it'd be difficult for him. The only thing I'd say is I saw him in the Nations League for Holland mm-hmm. and he did really well. And, you know, Kuman has got something out of him. Now, if that's as good as they can get, well, fine. He might be looking at, say, Scherler and going, well, you know, can Barbel bring us that? little bit of quality you know because that goal he scored Scherler was just outstanding mm, I mean he has uh, got real quality Barbel has but you can't make up as you say for playing at, at, not at that level but maybe he's hoping he might get something out of him similar to Scherler Let's move on to Manchester United the team that are putting the cat amongst those pigeons at the top of the table uh, another victory last weekend impressive victory as well uh, against Tottenham David De Gea made great saves but you know everyone watched the game first half they got it right they attacked the wide spaces and, and scored a goal from it they're looking for six consecutive Premier League wins for the first time since January 2017 they take on Brighton this weekend at Old Trafford uh, Saturday 3 o'clock UK time Brighton bit of a bogey team for Man U uh, they won their last two against the Red Devils uh, let's talk United first David Connolly why all of a sudden is everyone suddenly world-class? They're fantastic. Rashford to the centre looks great. Lingard's got energy. Pogba's picking out fantastic passes. What a ball that was for the goal. Even keeping a clean sheet as well. It, it, it just seems bizarre this is happening. Well, yes and no. I mean, their squad, I've said this, said this numerous times, is far superior to Arsenal in my opinion. You know, they could obviously be catching the likes of Chelsea easily. Look, he's done a fantastic job. He's a player who's been on the sidelines, been an impact sub, know what it's like to be man-managed the right way. And basically, he's got the Sir Alex textbook out. He's gone right. Well, he's got Sir Alex out <laughs> himself. <laughs> yes. He's at the training ground yeah. quite a lot now, isn't he? he? Is. Yeah. Hey, and it's working. Yeah. Right, uh, mid-season, we used to go to Dubai because we got you know a big few months coming up. Get some sun on their backs. Tick. All right, we're going to sit in a dugout, but at the back, not at the front. He's done that. I don't know if you saw. You know, yeah. So he's got all the subs in front of him. Tick, you know, get Mike Feeling to trust the assistant. Tick, you know, he's done everything, right? You know, manage your players. If if Rashford uh, doesn't score, I won't take him off. If he does score, I take him off. I bring Lukaku on. He scores. Brilliant man management. You know, he matched up their diamond, Tottenham's diamond, because they got pummeled uh, previously under Mourinho with that back three. Oh. He went right. How are we going to do this? How are we going to? I know we're going to attack those spaces left by the fullbacks. All right, let's play that diamond. You know, just everything he's done, it's just been brilliant. I mean, you know, it's not rocket science, right? But as I think a, a pundit said, it's not rocket science. But you know what? Yeah, if it, it, sometimes simplicity is best, and mm. and that's what he's done. No, no, for sure. And and obviously the situation with uh, with Pogba is just pretty much incredible. It's like from one week to the other, he's a different player. Yeah. All he needed was just, you know, like we said about Ozil, just someone to, to just say that he's the best, he's good, give him confidence and, and tell him to, to go up and do what we can do the you know, best. It is great to see Pogba actually looking good again because we've done a lot of slamming. Certainly, I've done a lot of slamming at Pogba because you wanted more from him. You knew there was more from him. You've seen more from him, and we're getting it now. And that's what we wanted. Good yeah. players playing good. The only uh, I don't get the bashing of Pogba because he, we wanted it, more. That's well, why. Okay, but that's fine. But look, if you, Messi turns up and he's in, and he's terrible and he can't, he don't score a goal. If Messi went on a, he signed for Chelsea and went thirty games without scoring. We would obviously bash him because he's not playing well enough. That's the job. That's what you got to do. You judge him game by game. He didn't have a good game for three months. Yeah, but look, you know, who's culpable for that? You say he is. Well, I'd say a lot of it's down to his manager and, and his man-manager dealing with him. I think Mourinho look, got a fair amount of stick for that as well, to be fair. Well, and I, the sack. Uh, yeah, he did. And £15 million. Pounds, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> but sorry, everyone's a winner. <laughs> uh, and by the way, just briefly before we move on to Brighton, got to mention, if you've got some time, do go on to Mike Phelan's uh, Twitter account. Uh, Mike underscore Phelan underscore one. Just because he's so corporate. He's so manu. I love it. He retweets their official uh, match reports. He retweets their videos. He praises so uh, and if you, the top of it, there's one he's pinned. I love it. He talks about coming home, coming home to Man U, and that's the feeling that everyone's got. Man United fans around the world right now. They're going to be listening in in loads of countries to this show, and there's going to be fans in Africa, fans across the Americas, and they all feel like it's Man United again. You know, never mind we've got our Arsenal back. Let's finish now. And this game on Saturday will be a great example of that, I think, because this is a game that under Jose Mourinho, Manchester United probably would have won. But maybe one nil. Mm. It wouldn't have been a very exciting performance. That you know, Brighton. There, it would almost be like two Brightons going against each other. You know, rather than Manchester United <laughs> taking on Brighton at home. And I'm sure this Saturday we will see Manchester United attack, and they will try and put them away early. Yeah, look, uh, they don't concede many Brighton, but they don't score many. Yep. Um, you know, as you saw against against Liverpool, but they'll have way too much firepower. I mean, when you've got the amount of firepower United have, why shouldn't they be attacking? 
I mean, if they don't have the good defence, which they don't, because you know they haven't, they've struggled to keep clean sheets. Well, what do you do? You go and attack. You know, and that's that's what they're best at. And a, a player like Rashford, I think, is re- obviously the focus has been a lot on Pogba, but I think Rashford is 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 been remarkable so far under Solskjaer. We know how skillful skillful he is, how confident he is, mm. but that confidence seems to have drained from him under Mourinho. Mourinho was publicly turning his back on him and looking up to the heavens and to the crowd when he misses chances. Now he's scored was it three games in a row? He's playing through the middle, and it can you know it, it can only be good for him, good for England, good for the club. It's great I mean, to see. I agree. We know what it's like if you're a forward, right? You've got to do a job out wide. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not a winger. Is he yeah, a forward? Is he a centre forward? One hundred percent. That kid is a centre forward. Yeah, no other position. The only time he's he's played wide was obviously under Mourinho. Asked to do a defensive job, which just kills you and takes away all your strength. Now playing through the middle. He's, I think he's top well, top. You, you can see the goal he scored against Spurs. It's, it's typical of a, of a striker that got his pace as mm. well. Made a great run, obviously fantastic ball from Pogba. But even the finish, it's, it's a top quality. Best than the Kaku, is he the number one striker at the club now? If That's you want to play that kind of football, which is like counter attack, play quick. Yeah, you've got you've got to play Rashford in in the middle for me. Yeah, hundred mm. percent. I think. If you've got someone like Rashford, right, he should be given licence. And then he's got to make sure, whoever's in charge, United, Solskjaer, whoever, that his defenders are good enough mm. to handle 2v2 or yeah. 3v2. You know, so that he's, he allows the likes of Rashford to stay up front and go and score the goals. You know, you can't ask these talented players to keep working up and back all day. Yeah, your defender should be good enough. Just quickly on Brighton, uh, the visitors this weekend, uh, we mentioned their good recent run against Man U, usually at the Amex, they play very, very well. Uh, and, and they worked very hard against Liverpool last week, lost the game 1-0 because, of course, Liverpool played D. Uh, we're not winning... Uh, Salah hit the deck, emergency glass card, you know, but we'll get onto that later. Um, any worries about Brighton? Uh, they're just kind of hovering above it at the moment. And I'm just looking at their team in recent weeks and across the season, really. None of the summer transfers have really worked out. And Donny had a couple of moments. Matt Ryan is still gone at the uh, the Asian uh, Cup, so it's still David Button in goal. And I've got big question marks around him. I think he's made a lot of kind of lacking in confidence errors he drops things he's got a bit lucky in the last few games I mean they only score corners don't they it's a bit of a worry if you're a Premier League team that can only score if you get a corner yeah that's that's obviously a massive worry yeah I think uh, you know like we mentioned they don't concede a lot but they, they can't seem to score any goal so um you know, we've said it many times, when you haven't got a goal scorer and you, you end up in that relegation battle, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough one. If you can't score a goal, you just, you're just in trouble. Mm. Mm. I think it's hard for them to score because of how, you know, Chris likes them to play. You know, very defence-minded, two sitting in front of the back four. Like he's tried to play a couple more forwards lately, Lacardia and Murray, but obviously Lacardia hasn't really had enough game time. Yeah. You know, expensive, same with Jahan backs, expensive, and at the minute hasn't quite worked out. He's almost fallen back into the players that you know did well for him in previous Definitely. seasons and it's hard to argue you just can't see Cardiff or Newcastle having more points than them at the end of the season yeah really. 26 That's now thing, for Brighton it? Newcastle on 18 so it's an 8 point gap it's yeah. speculative and mm. unlikely but just some worries about Brighton at the moment uh, listen we've got to move on next up we'll talk Liverpool who take on Crystal Palace on Saturday ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. 
Salah just uh, pushed away from goal. Tries to wriggle his way round. Uh, Gross still has it. Mohamed Salah. That'll be a penalty, I think it is. What a daft challenge. It was a stupid challenge by Pascal Gross. David Button trying to make himself big. Salah steps up. Left foot in and scores emphatically. The goalkeeper went the right way, but there was too much power in the penalty. Liverpool against Crystal Palace, Saturday, 3 o'clock UK time. Liverpool unbeaten in their last 31 Premier League home games. They last had a longer run in the top flight between February 1978 and December 1980. That's a club record of 63 home games without defeat. So not under threat as yet, but just worth highlighting. Um, Crystal Palace looking to win three consecutive away Premier League games for the first time since back in 2015. Um, Got to ask you about Liverpool. David Collins, let's come to you first on this because I was kind of joking a little bit in the last section about what happened at Brighton. It was a penalty uh, that, uh, that Mo Salah won. But again, they laboured in the game and that has happened a few times this season until Mo Salah's got in the area and he's kind of drawn a foul, however we want to get into that, has, has drawn a foul in a few games and has kind of bowed them out a little bit. Is that because teams are now so wary of what Liverpool have got? Is that because Liverpool are a little bit nervy going forward and, and maybe try to defend that the title is different to chasing down the top spot? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but certainly last week, I don't think they played a particularly strong game against Brighton. No, they didn't. But I think of all the games, that was going to be one of the hardest in terms of how Brighton play. Look, they stopped the rot. I think Man City was a different sort of game. It was like a cup final for Man City, mm. whereas it kind of wasn't for Liverpool. And I think that showed. Um, obviously, they lost the cup game. But what he has done this season, he has rotated Klopp. So you, you felt that they might lose that Wolves game. And I think he'd accept yeah. that. I think I'd accept that. But going to Brighton, I still think it was a decent enough workmanlike performance. Yes, there's more of them this season than last season. Um, but, for example, for the penalty, Salah could have actually set the ball back to Shakiri. I don't know if, you, if you've seen it closely. Mm. And you know most players might have done that because it was the easier ball. And then he just spotted about a six-yard gap between two players and he just bang, just drove into it. And obviously one is... So it's actually really, really good forward play. And maybe that wouldn't have happened. Obviously, Salah was playing wide. So, I mean, it's a slight shift, isn't it, with Firmino and where Salah's playing. Maybe haven't been quite as free-flowing, but, you know, I guess the rotation and the depth of squad, I think is going to be enough to take him over the line. Depth of squad is interesting. That's a really interesting yeah. thing to say because, of course, Trent Alexander-Arnold is out for, uh, what, a month, two months? About a month, I think a month, four weeks. Four I think. weeks or so yeah. he's going to be out. Um, in the Man U game a few weeks ago, Nathaniel Klein played that role and, and he's yeah. gone to Bournemouth and I don't think they've got a callback. So, no. James Milner right back now? It would be Milner or... Fabinho has played there, I think, a couple of times. But I don't yeah, know, Gomez well, is back this weekend. Fabinho is playing cent- centre half anyway. Fabinho at the beginning, when he was at uh, Madrid before joining Monaco, he was a right back. Mm. That's 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 his mm. you know normal position. So he become a central midfield. Now he's playing centre back and. Well, against Brighton, he's uh, uh, no, not Brighton. The last, uh, yeah, Brighton, the yep. last game. Yeah, he's he's played really well. You know, he's uh, he's. Always way in the right position. I, I, I guess having Van Dyke next to you is always, you know, yeah. a massive help. Mm. You know, when you when it's not really your your best position, but playing next to him is is, is a mass, massive advantage. Do you think they'd be happier with Fabinho playing at right back, where Joel Matip, who should be back this week, back in in the centre half role, or do you think Fabinho will be better playing the centre because he did grow into that game last week, didn't he? He got better as it went on. Um, it depends who you play. Who you put right yeah. back if Fabinho stay, stay in the centre. So um, it all depends on that. But I guess you know Milner is such an experienced player that he could he could do that job really yeah. well. Anyway, you are, you are going to be coming up against Aha this weekend, uh, though. You know, so it's going to be a tough test for anyone at right back. Well, yeah, and and obviously they're good away from home. Beat City away from home. Beat Wolves yep. away from home. You know, so maybe they're better on the break. Obviously, using their pace on the counter, it'll be a tough game. But look, I don't think Liverpool can do any better. I think they've had an absolutely amazing season. Yep. Um, they don't concede many goals either, so a tough one for Palace. But I can only see a home victory there. Before we move on from Palace, yeah, let's talk last week. Bring to your attention a, a, a nice little stat. Do you know who the second top scorer is at Selhurst Park this season? I do know this. Go on, guys. Uh, any, uh, any ideas? Ah, uh, own goals. Craig Cathcart. Craig Cathcart. <laughs> Thank you very much. Last week, one at yeah. both ends. Yeah. Um, that is unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, and still we go into another week. I think Benteke came on last week against yeah. Watford, first appearance. We go on to another weekend where they've not brought a striker in. 
which is, is baffling to me. The transfer window in January always baffles me because they knew this issue in November. They knew this and still no one's in. I know everyone wants a striker. The world and his wife wants a striker. But no one needs a striker as much as Crystal Palace need a striker. Well, the miss by MacArthur, you know, at the back post, it just looked like he just had to tap it in. Zahar had a couple, but yeah, they definitely need a frontman. Zahar is no striker. You can no. see he's a creative player. He, he does so much for the team. But, you know, when he gets in front of the goal, unfortunately, that's not his strength. And, and that's why you need a proper striker. And maybe Ben Tiki coming back. I know he's... He hasn't been great for Palace, but you never know. What I think with Benteke is I feel sorry for him when he plays through the middle because if he's got Townsend on one wing and Zahar on the other, they don't cross. So, yeah. you know, he's never going to get the ball. I look at him. I've been to Sellers Park a few times. I think he's just standing. He never gets the ball. So if you do play with those wingers on the opposite side, yes, they'll get shots off. They'll score goals. They'll look great, but Benteke won't. And just worth mentioning for Palace as well, a bit of a goalkeeping issue this weekend. Uh, Hennessy is missing for this one. Uh, Vicente Guiata uh, is also uh, being assessed. Might not be out of play, but he seems more likely than Hennessy from what I've got in front of Come me. Come in, Julian Speroni. Julian Speroni, is he 42 now? He's 43? He's 39, I think. I, fe- I feel like he was 40 either way. Hmm. Ever since he lost the ponytail, he's never had the same power. I think me. his tracksuit bottoms are at least four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but could be some problems anyway for Crystal Palace, um, as you're always going to have going to Anfield. Let's move on to Huddersfield against Manchester City. Uh, 1.30 UK time kickoff on Sunday. Uh, it's been covered a fair amount this week. Of course, David Wagner is no longer in charge of Huddersfield Town. Mark Hudson will be in caretaker charge this weekend. They have said there will be a new manager announced after the game. Is that still the case? I'm not sure, but I, I was very surprised that, that Wagner left because obviously with the record you'd, you'd think fair enough they've lost so many games but yeah, nine uh, without a win uh, the Premier League eight before, losses bottom 11 points the, the team is so you know, everything about Huddersfield was kind of in his image really and I, and I feel that he played such a big part in keeping him up last season I don't think it was going to happen this season but I've you, we've talked about the squad they just haven't got enough good players they haven't mm. got enough good strikers um, but it does if you read the statements and you read the from both parties it does seem to be a genuine mutual thing he seems to have just recognised that I just can't do this so they're in a desperate position and it's it's about next season now isn't it surely well you know you wouldn't say his demeanour when he's been on camera Wagner was someone who'd you know maybe had enough Mm. so there's a bit of bit strange statement that came out saying that you know he needed a break or you know it was a bit too much for him well, so there's a few reports saying he might be going into to Liverpool as a system for the final few months of this season I mean that might just be pure wishful thinking speculation but yeah. I mean look the loss of Aaron Moy uh. is key for them so what else can they do I mean he's, he's their he's their best player um, and the, the, look, any side would miss, but particularly Huddersfield. What else could he do? I, I think he's done an amazing job. I think job you're absolutely there. right with this. I mean, we've spoken about this a lot on the show across the season. David Wagner, this summer, he's kept him up somehow. I don't know how that team got up last year. We all watched them. It was baffling. Uh, the three that went down, I mean, they shouldn't come yeah. back. They should get a two-year relegation <coughs> punishment for, for finishing below Huddersfield. Great job he did. Then this summer, they got rid of the, the wingers that impressed. Tom Ince, you know, whether you like him or not, he played every single week. Replaced him with um, uh, Ramadan Sobi, came in, and a couple of others. You think, who are these guys? They didn't bring a centre-forward in. Um, they didn't really change anything. They didn't give him a Premier League squad. I think he got undersold. And the fact it's been all, this is a real mutual parting of the ways... I just wonder whether David Wagner has gone at the start, in this in the summer maybe give me the players and he's been upset all the way through to now he knows he's not going to get it again in January he knows they're going to go down what am I doing here apart from reputational damage yeah no for sure it's just, it's just uh, I guess mentally like you said he you know been on the 11 points after all them games and and knowing that you're already relegated preparing next season already you know in in January is just pretty mentally difficult to take. So, what you know? What do you want him to do? So, I'm not sure if it's him wanted to and just for have had enough, or if the club just for he's not the, the man anymore. But with what he's done for the club and where he talked the club and what he's done last year to keep them up, it's it's, hey, it's, you know, it's, just, it's almost gone too far though, right? Because who can come in now and rescue them? No, sure. no. it's not going to be a rescue well, job, is it? The, only, the no, only thing is, it, is that there are echoes maybe of, of last season with West Brom who were 
completely out of it and they were they were on a terrible losing run so far adrift they got rid of Pardew Darren Moore stepped up yep. and they nearly did it they they, they went on a mirac- miraculous run yep. when they were beating all sorts of teams and they all of a sudden looked like a great team and I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen with Huddersfield but and it's a tough game to start with uh, against Manchester City but you just never know at some point if in the next few weeks they get a win Confidence comes back, and, and that does. We've seen that one win does change mentality yeah. of players and of a club, and who knows? One win puts them to 14, level with Fulham. And if, if results go, let's just say they beat Man City for argument's sake this weekend, it puts them within touching distance again of Cardiff. So you're yeah. absolutely right, you never know. Uh, on Man City, scored 19 goals in their last three games in all competitions. Incidentally, that's one more than Huddersfield have managed in 36 matches in all competitions this season. Uh, I was covering the game on Monday against Wolves, and it was all over after the, the sending off of Willy Bolly on 15 minutes. The identical tackle that Vincent Company put in against uh, Liverpool and didn't get sent off for. But but there you go. Wolves never really turned up at all across the piece. Already 1-0 down at that point. Uh, for Manchester City, um, Gabriel Jesus has suddenly posed a question for them. He scored uh, two. Before that was four. Before that, another one. Uh, Sergio Aguero struggling with a little bit of injury. Kevin De Bruyne came on. I don't know whether we'd get into the team this weekend. Good headaches for, for Guardiola? Well, yeah, that's what we were talking about with Spurs and Harry Kane earlier on. When you've got two strikers that both can score goals every game, then it's a good choice to have. You know, when one injured or not feeling too good, then, then you put the other one and it's, it's the same scenario. They're both uh, top goal scorers and, and yeah, Jesus now is, uh, is definitely on the on the card to, to be starting at the weekend and, and probably get ahead of, of Aguero now. I think the key for them is that they might actually get more points in last season and not win the league. I mean, can you imagine? And so if Liverpool win all their games, and that's what's going to happen. Mm. They've, they've got a mark, that, wouldn't it? 101 yeah. points and you finish second. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. What does that tell you, though? The, you know, the, 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 the strongest are getting stronger and yeah. you know, the rest aren't. Uh, still, though, I've got to mention Danilo. I know I do this all the time whenever I see Danilo, but I've never seen someone Are you going to say you could do so the job incapable. that he does? Well, I, can uh. use my, I can definitely use my left foot better than him. Why doesn't he use your left foot ever? It's bizarre. It's proper bizarre. Just he's watch right it. Food, no? But he's in left-back area. <laughs> he's played for Real Madrid. He's won like five or six major trophies during his career. But he won't use it. It's not a case of... He just will not use it. I just find it amazing. I don't, I don't get it. Is that something... If you were in training and you saw Danilo playing left-back, surely you'd have gone, try the left, mate. Just, just try it. Just give it a whirl. <laughs> it's, just, it's just weird to watch. There should be... You can always do weird bets in games. You should do a bet on what minute Danilo finally uses his left foot. And the answer will be none, none. of them. Okay. Um, it's, some, it's not something Would you that say I, something, no? Well, I guess you see players that obviously play on the opposite side that what their foot is, but I, I must say I've never kind of noticed that he was not using his He's no Philip Lowe, so. is he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well put. Just look out for it this weekend. Just drives me mad. Anyway, let's move on. Next up, we've got five more games to get through. We'll start with Newcastle against Cardiff. What a game down the bottom this weekend. Cardiff nil, Huddersfield nil, and it is a penalty to Huddersfield if Lee Mason decides to get it. No! He's overturned it! He has overturned it! Let's talk Newcastle up against Cardiff City. Three o'clock UK time uh, this Saturday. Cardiff in 17th, Newcastle in 18th. Only Tottenham have won a lower percentage of their Premier League points in home games this season than Newcastle. Uh, 39% of their points have come at St James's. Cardiff looking to win back-to-back away games in the top flight for the first time since 1957. Uh, let's talk Newcastle. Um, I thought they, they battled valiantly against Chelsea last time out, but again, just didn't have the forward options. In those big games, they're just so negative, frustratingly negative. Lost 10 in a row against the top six. That's not extraordinary, but the way they play and not changing it annoys me. Jeremy, this weekend against Cardiff, we've got to see Newcastle get on the front foot, haven't we? They've got players like Christian Atsu, who's been in really good form, maybe the first time in English football in really good form. Ayose Perez and Solomon Rondon. Um, they've got players who can get forward, so why not this weekend? Maybe come from the manager that is very defensive-minded and, and rather not concede many goals than, than go and attack and, and score um, many. So, um, But yeah, no, like you said, Perez, Rondon, uh, Atsu, all them, all them guys are obviously quality players and, and they should be scoring more goals. But I just think with Newcastle, all that Mike Ashley story and, yeah. and you know, all, it's always, people always say, oh, but yeah, but it's outside, but it, all, it always, you know, affect the players, all them stories. Oh, I've got no money. I can't bring my players, this and that. And, and when you're part of that team and then you, 
you just like, well, hang on, I'm, I'm there to do a job. You know what? Try to concentrate with the players you've got, mm. and and it's a good point there. You yeah. know, and just and just because you just feel unwanted. You know, you just feel I'm there, but basically my manager want to buy other players and yeah. don't really care about who's there. Um, and I think that just you know kind of a negative mind for the players. They lost a couple of players last night. I don't know how serious the injuries are, but Kieran Clark and Jamal Sells both went off against Blackburn in the FA Cup replay, which is the last thing they need, more injuries. First FA Cup away win uh, since 2006 for Newcastle. It's incredible, It's all right, it? they got Watford next round, so we'll deal, we'll deal with them. Um, doubts about John Joe Shelby as well, uh, which not only is future, but also for this weekend. Currently being assessed is is where he is. Now, I think David Connolly, he could be a crucial player for Newcastle. If they are going to create the chances to win a game like this, they need someone like John Joe Shelby. As much as I like Longstaff and Hayden, you know, hard-working players, certainly Longstaff might have a, little, a good career, looks like a good little player, uh, a local boy at North Shields who was born in. Um, but, but I think... John Joe Shelby needs to come back doesn't he otherwise who else creates those chances yeah I agree I mean the only thing is I can't see him playing a back five um, at the weekend certainly not at home he's got to go for it get some goals on the pitch I think Rondon's a really good player but it's hard to score goals when you're playing a 4-5-1 very negative I'd like to see Matt Ritchie play further up the pitch I don't think he's a wing back no. he's he's up there I think with John Joe Shelby in terms of his creativity but being asked to play a wing back being pegged back almost like a full back at times I don't think gets the best out of him yeah, uh, it's a must win well. I mean if they don't win that I mean the crowd are going to go they'll go mental up there well what a chance to beat Cardiff because uh, they've basically been playing a right back up front all season the right back is now out in Callum Patterson uh, no return day for his muscle injury uh, Victor Camarasa I think has been very good when I've seen him a real good footballer uh, likely missing for this one Danny Wall Kadeem Harris uh, Zahora you know lots of players going to be missing from this weekend and I don't think uh, that they'll have signed or will sign Emiliano Sala uh, in time Certainly, as we record the program, it's not been done, so so it's unlikely that he'll be there. Um, so Cardiff, you'd imagine, are just going to sit in and, and try and absorb Newcastle, and, and a point would be a good result, right? Because they're currently above Newcastle. Yeah, for sure, a point would be a good result for them. Um, they're obviously desperate, waiting for a striker to come. So for this game, if they can't have him before before that game, they'll they'll definitely sit and try to try to not concede any goal and, and maybe on a counter attack or or a set piece, just just sneak a win. You well, they've had a knack for. Banging him in from 30 yards this season, haven't they? Yeah. You know, so you yeah, could see that. And done well a few times, yeah. Uh, strange that Cardiff will be buying a, a striker not from Britain. Let's move on. Uh, Bournemouth against West Ham, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Callum Wilson, Marco Anautovic, Javier Hernandez, all strikers whose future being heavily speculated about going into this one. Bournemouth have picked up just seven points from their last 36 available in the Premier League. Uh, two wins and, and nine defeats in that time. And David Connolly, the fact that Callum Wilson hasn't played a lot of those games. Again, struggling with little niggles, hamstring here and other stuff there. Has that contributed to, to Bournemouth's kind of slide in recent times or have they got their kind of 30 points, 25 points in the season's done? Yeah, I mean, they've had a, a very mixed season, haven't they? Um, uh, no doubt they're missing him, but, he, you know, I don't think Solanke, for example, is is going to fill the 19 void. 19 million. 19 million. And That's mad, isn't it? He's got one goal. One Premier League career at 90 million. Now, Jordan and I was similar amount. He was about 15. And I don't know, expensive signings. Lerma was also expensive, but I think he's been okay. And arguably, they've got the signing, I think, of the championship along with Madison with David Brooks. But you'd have to say some of the others haven't quite. I think they're bringing out. in Chris Metham from Brentford. I think that, that right. deal's close to being done as well. So they're obviously looking down to the championship again, trying to shore up the back in, in the absence of... Yeah, Wilson's out, Cook's out, Francis, Solanke. Cook, Fran- Franc- no, no, Francis did his, did his, his uh, little shit yeah, recently, yeah. yeah. So they've had some injuries at the back. But one thing I, I wonder about about Bournemouth, and, and if any Bournemouth fans are listening to this, they'll, they'll have a go at me for being a Watford fan, having a pop at Bournemouth. But Eddie Howe doesn't... Re- when they have these runs... He doesn't. He, I think he gets off lightly a little bit. Mm. He doesn't get the same criticism that similar other managers of other clubs who are presiding over similar bad runs would get. I don't think. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, this is Claude Puel at Leicester. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're doing him out, aren't we? I mean, even if it happens to Ralph Hasenhutter, we'd probably be all over him immediately if he came in and lost to those games. I think you're absolutely right. But is that right that we don't go after Eddie Howe Maybe. in the same way? Maybe we shouldn't be after Puel in the same yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. I certainly think Leicester fans should back off him. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think you should give. You know, their managers a bit more time before hammering them like mm. this. And, 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 you know, Howe's obviously been doing incredible job at Bournemouth and he mm. deserved to, to get a bit of credit and a bit of time. He started the season so well. 
you know, you're going to have period during the season where it's not working out, where you've got few players that get injured. The transfer market, the transfer window as well, is such a, a period where players' heads kind of go all over the place. Yeah. And I feel that Wilson's injuries, all them little, you know, muscle injuries, all them little thing, it started when, when the rumour of Chelsea started. You know, mm. it's kind of like, oh, Chelsea, Chelsea is, you know, they, they, they're watching me. And then suddenly you just get little injuries. You're not performing. You just, you know, the mind is is just a funny thing, man, for players. Got, got to move on to West Ham briefly. But but on Callum Wilson, 75 million is the number that they're talking about. Uh, firstly, is he worth it? And does he end January at Bournemouth? I think it's an awful lot of money uh, for someone who's who does get injuries and niggles. Um I think he'll still be at Bournemouth. Uh, let's move to West Ham. Marco and Altovic, same question, really. Uh, there's still talk of a, a £45 million pound bid, uh, an upgraded bid from the one that apparently went in last week uh, for Marco and Altovic. Weirdly, I didn't know this about uh, the Chinese Super League and when Chinese clubs buy players, but there's a 50% tax on that purchase. So 100, if they pay I thought it was 100. If they for... pay 40, sorry, 100, you're absolutely right, sorry. So if it's £45 million, pound, it becomes £90 million they would for need to spend yeah. for a foreign player, yeah. uh, which is incredible. So they'd basically be looking to spend £90 million on Marko Anatovic. I mean, I like him, but that's mad, isn't it? That's a mad thing to do. <laughs> and then that's before you get to the wages. Well, yeah, they're talking, <laughs> what, £300,000, yeah. £400,000? You can see why he wants to go for that money. <coughs> and I imagine he'll be back at Chelsea in six months. But can't Surely he go he there in a couple that. of years? You can go there in two, three years, yeah. can't he, and get the same money? Can't he? And, and, you know, surely West Ham could offer him, I don't know, 150 or something mm. and then he, he's not going over there could... do you think this is a new contract push or does he really <clears throat> want to go to, uh, to Shanghai I think so or he wants to go to a, a top four club and he's trying to you know maybe get, just if he can draw someone out something like that yeah, Look, either way he's got a payday for his brother I mean it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> he's always said that you know he's very open in his uh, in his <clears throat> interviews and he, he always said he wants to play Champions League football and mm. be in a top club so when you see how many you know, players move to China for six months and get back into a top club. Maybe he's just thinking, "Well, I'll go get massive money, and then in six months I'll just yeah, just Vitzel come back." back you know, Gallo trying to come back. back. Yeah. Mm. He was in Barcelona. Was he not Paulinho as well? See that? No. Carlo was linked with a move to Barcelona. Really? He was asked about it on TV and he was like, yeah, it's flattering. I bet it's flattering. <laughs> Did you write it? <laughs> it was mad. Um, uh, briefly on West Ham's performance last week, I thought they were very good against uh, against Arsenal. Pretty comfortable for a lot of the game. Not even a great push from Arsenal towards the end. Were you impressed with them the way they played? I was impressed, but to be honest, I've been Im- impressed with with West Ham for the last you know few weeks, months. I think they've uh, you know they're having a great season. Pellegrini's really done you know great job after a difficult beginning of the season, mm. and uh, you know I, I agree that Arsenal were not giving them any any trouble but I still think uh, you know they're, they're playing really well I'm, I'm happy seeing Samuel Nasri uh, back I think he's a he's a top player technically you know he's really calm on the ball he, he, he makes player joining the you know and, and his link up play with Anderson Onotovic is it's just great I think they you know they're, they're looking good his first touch for for Declan Rice's goal mm. I mean it yeah. popped down it was on it's his perfect. weaker side his left foot just killed it and then, obviously, the weight of pass for Declan Rice, so he can mm. finish first time. I mean, that's quality that you only get from the likes of Nasri. He's, yeah. he's had his problems, isn't he, Nasri, off off the field, obviously. Uh, I, I think maybe we, we're all guilty, or, or certainly us onlookers, Tom, are guilty of maybe looking at a signing like Nasri and saying, oh, typical West Ham signing some bloke oh, over is, the though. hill. But, he, as you say, he, he is a top player, has got great yeah. ability, and has played for some great clubs and, you know, for France. You could just so. see watching the game, I was there for the first half of the game, and you could just see he was a cut above yeah. pretty much everyone out there. I'd include Anatovic as well, that he was a cut above everyone else on the pitch at the time. Absolutely. Fantastic player. I mean, you could, you could talk about physical and athletic ability, mm. but, you know, what he does with it's... the ball. Look, they miss Lanzini, you know, so they yeah. want that technical type of player. You can tell Pellegrini likes that, which I think it'll actually suit West Ham in the long term because that's how he likes to play. But I think Nasri, what a player. I mean, you just can't, you know, that, that sort of qualities, you just can't replace it. Keep your eye on West Ham during January. I think there's going to be a few moves there. I think they will try and replace Anatovic this window if he does go. And it's uh, going to be very interesting to see. Listen, we've got to move on. Uh, we've got three games to get through and not a great deal of time. Let's talk Southampton against Everton. Saturday, 3 o'clock. The Saints have won three of their last six Premier League games. 53% of Southampton's Premier League points have been won in their seven games under Ralph Hasenhutl, which I think is fantastic. And we knew that Mark Hughes had to go. They were not working hard enough. Something wasn't right there. And, and he's gone. They've looked a lot better. Everton looking to win consecutive Premier League games for the first time since October. Um, Southampton 
Southampton, one of your former teams, Davey, on their way to safety now, do you think? Got everything right? Yeah, I mean, I think previously they might have, you know, given away that two-goal lead, even even down to uh, 10 men, you know, but they've obviously got that little bit of steel. Everything's more. They're making more tackles. They're making more interceptions. They're making, they're running harder, you know, blocking shots. So it just simple things, right? But it's not all about with the ball. It seems like they're working a lot without the ball. And even Matt Target this week was saying, I don't know if he's having a little dig here, the previous regime, but, you know, we've had a great week, all week of training. Yeah. Now, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's alluding to, you know, they've had too many days off or no. whatever, but, you know, when you're in a bad run of form, and Jeremy will, will know this, you know, you don't want days off. You know, you want to be in, working, and then at the end of it, you, you, you get your rewards. And it seems like that's what they're doing. They just seem to be putting so much work in that they're getting their rewards on the other side. Yeah, I mean, it is something that had been rumoured for a long time. Certainly, I'd heard that, that some of the players didn't feel like they were doing enough training. Um, and they certainly looked sharp on a great win at Leicester. Everton, briefly, um, they got a victory last time out, of course, uh, last weekend against Bournemouth. Weren't really pressed that hard, really, once they scored that first goal. Maybe a little push by Bournemouth in the second half. But apart from that, a fairly formulaic win. And and they started getting things right again now under Marco Silva that was an important win for him wasn't it yeah it was massive a massive win for him I just feel that was not a very difficult game as you said you know as soon as they scored their first goal they were kind of in control of the game and uh, and end up scoring a second you know close to the end and, and just you know close the, the game but and yeah you know, I think it, they're doing well but I just think it's a bit inconsistent they, they, some week they're playing really well some others it's, it's a bit more you know, difficult for mm. them. So, you know, we just have to wait and see and Southampton are, are you know, not going to... On the up. No, not just wonder how up. much transition Marco Silva is going to be allowed to have at Everton. I think it was telling his reaction when that goal went in from Calvert-Lewin mm. at the end because Bournemouth were pushing and you, you could just see the relief that we'd secure three points and he knew how big, big he said after the game or oh, pressure doesn't bother me criticism doesn't bother me it may not do but his reaction I thought um, looked like a man who was relieved to get that win I think for example Southampton would look at how Bournemouth pressed the life out of Everton early on and think that's the way you know to get about them and yeah. they've got the energy and the tempo Southampton I think I think they might sneak this Got to move on Watford against Burnley Saturday 3 o'clock Watford have lost just one of their last seven Premier League games uh, three wins and three draws in that time I come from behind win last week uh, against Crystal Palace and a very good performance we hit the post like twice in three seconds could have probably and should have probably gone one new mm. up in that game uh, Burnley have come from behind to win their last two Premier League games uh, uh, getting back to uh, to what they're used to they didn't get a shot on target last week did they against Fulham they still managed to win the game I actually think the first one was was going in. No? Do you think? think? I think he was going in. I think I think he was just going. It should maybe... have been given to the striker. I, I hate th- when yeah. those are given as own goals. They no. Yeah. I mean, no one wants that. I think own goals, unless they're really obvious, like you know, a Doy's one. Where yeah. he's going away from yeah. goal. Give him, the, give him the last attacker to hit it. <laughs> yeah. No? Well, I had a, my son had a game. He's he's seven. He scored an own goal. Right. He was crying his eyes out. You know, I was like, don't worry, son. But obviously, scoring an own goal is a blow. No one wants it. Whether no, you're a seven yeah. year old or a. I think it was going in as well. Yeah, I yeah. think this will be a traditional British game. 4 4 2. Get it in the box. You know, it'll be a proper blood and guts. I think it'll be a really good one. Fancy it, Dave? You going this weekend? I'm not going this weekend, no, but I think... And he goes to the big games, doesn't he, eh? Burnley, <laughs> Champagne Burnley have, um, they've had a decent record, I think, at Vicarage Road over the last few seasons. Um, John Dyche. But, you know, Dyche, Dyche always gets a good reception when he comes back. He's yep. still very highly thought of at, at Watford. You say blood and guts, and I know what you mean. We Watford are do sort of play that system but you know they, they're a bit more than that De La Feu had some serious yeah. cast yeah, yeah. I think there was uh, it may have been the bit where they hit the post last week where De La Feu just drops the shoulder touches it around someone has the shot and there's been a few games this really season good. like home to Huddersfield home to Cardiff where De La Feu and Pereira have really turned it on and they've really had a go at some of those defenders who maybe not as quick as them and you know if, if they have a day like, like they can do then I, I think Watford should win that match I think Burnley are the blood and guts they'll, they'll look at how they played against Fulham yeah. get the ball wide get it in the box make Watford defend that's to it and it's working yeah. three straight wins and, and they're just climbing their way out of trouble 21 points now uh, three clear of Newcastle and I think they'll probably stay above Newcastle and Cardiff moving forward uh, final game we haven't mentioned uh, Wolves against Leicester uh, it's the 12.30 UK time it is one of our feature games internationally it's on the TV in the UK and all that but I've got to tell you I couldn't care less about this game it feels like a proper already the first of the season we've done on this show end of season kind of drifting clubs meeting each other you don't think? Well, I think Puel has to be careful because yeah, this he wouldn't be there next year, will he, Puel? No, Surely. But when you say drifting, last season they were drifting, right? And he made changes and he lost the Europa League spot. 
it went to Burnley. That put him under massive pressure. And both the these teams are in the hunt for that seventh spot. Now, exactly. Now, it's one so, for the West Ham, mate. That's it. Everyone knows it. These well, two are out. <laughs> I think there's more on this than you think. Uh, yeah, I'm joking a little bit, uh, but Wolves uh, lost five of the last seven at home, which is a bit of a shocker, isn't it? I mean, they, they play such good football, but I thought they were, I know it was Man City and all that, there's lots of caveats, Bolly sent off, suspended for this one, but I thought they, they offered nothing against Man City whatsoever, didn't have a shot, Edison could play in midfield, they were so bad. I think the fact that they concede that goal so early doors against Man City put you in trouble mm. straight away. Though it's, it's always difficult after Man City keep the ball so well. So uh, I, you know I can't really judge them on that game. But what do you think on that tackle? Do you think? Do you nah, think that for was me, a red? For me, that was not a red. Nah. No way. I, I, I think the game's gone. <laughs> the game is, I thought that was a, a, a fair. He's gone low. He's one that I just don't yeah. get it. I mean, can I ask you, on, on top club bias, it's basically identical to the Vincent Company challenge, who got a yellow card against Liverpool, isn't it? But the only thing is, though, when you say that, I, I, you, you, you can look at the record and what top clubs get, and then, yeah. there may be something in that. But to compare it to, one, to that challenge, you, you can't really make a straight comparison because the referee's at a different angle, sure. it's a different person, it's a different game. It's, it's that, how the referee judges it in put, the moment. Just, just, just theoretically... If we put Vincent Company in Willy Body's shirt, he makes that challenge, exact same challenge, and let's put it in the same scenario, would Vincent Company have got a yellow card if it was the Liverpool game previously? Probably. I think you're on to something, yeah. I do. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if, if he will or not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the, 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 the referees do really look at what players made the tackle or if they just look at purely the tackle end of it I'm not, I'm they've not got a couple of seconds to decide yeah, you know? they haven't he got thought about a long to... time Craig Paulson. he did give himself he, yeah you're right on this occasion he did give himself a bit of time and he spoke to his assistant which you know, maybe he had an influence but mm. I, I'm, I'm not sure there's there's as much big club bias as we maybe subconsciously perhaps mm. what? big but, game bias maybe as opposed to big club bias might be I think it's different, different, different referee as well you know, yeah. the appreciation of, of a referee. And Mike Dean, he's off, isn't he? They're all off. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Finger, you know, f- the Vulcan one... hand salute card <laughs> in there. <laughs> from one referee to the other, they can, you know, judge it differently. Yeah. So Correct, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Absolutely right. Uh, and that concludes our show for today. No red cards. Yellow's all round for everyone. Thanks for coming <laughs> in. Listen, another preview show next week it is the FA Cup, but we're going to chat about some other bits because, you know, we're contracted for one every week, so we'll make something up, won't we? Should we do like a singing hour? Cabaret? No. Well, <laughs> you can if you want, but okay. I'll take the week off. If that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoy the football. We'll see you next week. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.